The following podcast is presented by Together Washington. Together Washington, we are seeking to build bridges across divides and tell the inspiring stories of those building the common good. If you'd like to support or get involved with Together Washington, go to togetherwashington.com. I'm so glad to have Ravon Johnson with us from Seattle's Union Gospel Mission. They've been doing work for 90 years here in the Puget Sound region. Incredible work serving those in greatest need and never more important than now. Ravon. Well, it's great to be here, Tim. It's good to be talking with you on this bright, sunshiny day here in the Northwest. Yeah, what what is that up in the sky, Ravon? I, I just don't recognize that thing, man. What's going on? <laughs> Hey, bro, I don't have a clue. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ravon, tell, how long have you been at UGM, Ravon? Well, I, I've only been at Union Gospel Mission for uh, three years now, a little over three years. Okay. And tell tell us the, the journey for you in, in, uh, in coming on the team at UGM. Oh, man, it, it, it goes... Uh, Way back, you know, I, I used years ago. I used to work for uh, Promise Keepers here in the Pacific Northwest. After I got saved, and then uh, I was at Antioch Bible Church for a number of years uh, with uh, Ken Hutcherson, and then uh, we launched a uh, fellowship ourselves called Embassy Bible Fellowship. And a friend of mine was working at Union Gospel Mission. One of the things that I had been uh, so focused on is what can we do as a body of Christ together, and uh, how do we as churches work together to solve a lot of these uh, issues, at least address them and, and uh, begin to stop some of the erosion. And some, uh, one, one a friend of mine uh, told me about uh, uh, opportunity that they were having at Union Gospel Mission with a program they had at the time called Light Up the City. And so I went to work with Union Gospel Mission for Light Up the City, and then uh, we kind of shifted just slightly to where we said we really need to focus on our core ministry, which is uh, uh, homelessness. Okay. And how can we help address this issue uh, even more effectively as a uh, a mission and get churches engaged and focused on helping people get out of their particular situation that they were in and uh, thus brief synopsis of how I got there. Yeah. Did you ever get to know two friends of mine, Jason Davison and Chris Goff? You know those guys? Both of them. Yes, I do. Yeah. Those are, those are good men right there. Yeah. Yeah. Love those brothers, you know, uh, and, but uh, neither one of them must at the mission at this time. Yeah, that's correct. You know, Jason, Jason is pastoring, uh, he's co-pastor, well, associate pastor at a church in Capitol Hill, and uh, Chris is with uh, Saturate. That's right. So, Ravon, talk to us about Union Gospel Mission. I mean, 90 years here in the Puget Sound region, yeah. serving those in greatest need. Can give our listeners a sense of the, the breadth and depth of the work of Union Gospel Mission oh. that's been, been going on for 90 years? Man, it is uh, it is absolutely incredible. I, I'm gonna be honest with you. When I when I first came, I'm I was probably like most people had no clue. I mean, we we think about the mission, the men's shelter downtown. That's the first thing that comes to mind for the overwhelming majority of people when they think about Union Gospel Mission. 
but uh, it goes much further than that. I mean, they have people that come in. They have they have uh, legal services. They have well. L- l- let me just back up. The mission is to bring the love of Jesus and the hope for a new life to our homeless neighbors. That literally says it all. To bring the love of Jesus and a hope for a new life to our homeless neighbors. Uh, they want to see every single homeless neighbor beloved, redeemed, and restored. And so for the last uh, 90 years, they've been working tirelessly to see that that would come to pass. And what we do now uh, is we really work to get at the root cause of homelessness. And we believe the root cause of homelessness is broken relationships. Obviously, people need shelter. Obviously, people need uh, a job. But at the core, at the root core of homelessness is this issue of broken relationships. And we know, being believers, that it is up to Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone who can restore uh, us to healthy, thriving relationships. And so the mission is, is all about that. It takes a person who says, man, I want to get my life together. And they come into the mission. They get into the program. We have dental services to help them uh, because a smile is critical for a person who's really trying to uh, improve their mindset as far as how they look, how they appear to people. And so having, uh, to use a, a hip-hop term, having a great grill is is a uh, – uh, essential, right? Yeah. People have people want good teeth, right? Right. And so we have we have dental clinics to help them. We have legal clinics if they have uh, legal things problems that they need to deal with. And so we help them with legal services. We provide a um, an incredible recovery program. We have what what we like to say is a four stage recovery process. Uh, first and foremost. The survival stage, we call that stage one. Survival is where, where you see most often, where you see people who are out there uh, on the streets trying to survive, if at all, you know, living in encampments, going through garbage cans and things of this nature. We call that the survival stage. And one of the things that we started to do several years ago as a mission is we started to go out to seek and search out those those who are lost. And so we have a search and rescue team that goes out, and, man, they uh, uh, meet and they greet the people who are out there living in these most, uh, I mean, some places that are so desolate. Well, you know, we've seen them all on TV and, and things of this nature, and we see how people live when we pass by and see these encampments. When they go to these places, and they develop relationships. They they reach out to them. They know them by name. We uh, uh, we know over four thousand people who are out there by name. Man, this is that's an incredible thing. Mm-hmm. Well, wow. what it does when someone addresses you by your name, it says that you are a person. It says that you know, hey, they recognize me, which is a great thing for people who think that they are invisible. To, to most people. So to recognize them, we, we provide them with, um, you know, we give them blankets and socks and a number of different things to help them in that position. But what we're trying to do with that survival issue or survival mode is to uh, get to know them, develop relationship with them, and encourage them to come in off the streets. 
mm. consistently. We want to show the love of Christ. We're not browbeating them with the Bible, but we're saying Christ is in us. See the light of Christ by the touch that we give you, by the hands that we use to shake you, by the blanket and the water and the, the, the food, the sandwiches and things. These are all to show you the love of Christ and let you know that you are recognized by both Christ and us. And we want you to come in off the street so we can help you. The next phase we call once a person decides, hey, look, I want some help, man. I want to get off the street. Well, we bring them into what we call our survival program. Uh, and a survival program is where um, people come into to the program and we get them what we call the stages program ready. Uh, stabilization. They go through stabilization, which is the second phase. So you have a survival stage out there on the street and they say, look, I want to come in off the street. And so when they want to come in off the street, we get them stabilized. Once they're stabilized, then we move into what we call recovery program. And the recovery program is generally a year long plus. They can go up to six months to another year interning or, or, or what have you. And, uh, and then we have the post, the fourth stage, which is uh, post-graduation. Through all of that, we're helping them to uh, get to a point where they really can begin to develop healthy relationships. Remember I said that we believe the core reason for people being out there on the street is broken relationships. Therefore, the key to getting them off the streets is healthy solid relationships and getting them to stay in those relationships or be in their relationships so that they can stay off the streets. And uh, so that's what we're doing. During the program, they're developing solid core relationships with people who are going through the program. And um, that's, you know, quick thing of some of the things that we do. Certainly over the last six or seven since uh, Mayor Murray called a, mm -hmm. an emergency, a city emergency of homelessness. Uh, certainly mm -hmm. this has been uh, probably the topic in Seattleites and people here in King County in their minds yeah. uh, without a question. And, and a lot of different thoughts about it, uh, a lot of yeah. different um, views on what's happening, why it's happening, you know, why it's not getting better. We're spending, you know, $2 billion a year and it's getting worse and so on and so forth. But I guess what what is your – can you share with us your perspective on what's going on, what's happening, and give us some common sense perspective of what's going on? That's a, a great question, Tim. You know, I, I – we believe here at the uh, mission and the work that uh, we're, we've been called by God to do is, first and foremost, you have to remove the stigma that exists about our homeless neighbors, you know, and we have to change the way we see them because we treat people the way we see people. And again, you go back to the issue of broken relationships, why people are in these situations and circumstances that they are in. We believe it's broken relationships. And so in order to stem the tide, because they, they declared a homelessness crisis, uh, I think it was in November of 2015 in Seattle, King County, we, we have the third largest homeless population in the nation. That is absolutely mind-boggling. Mm. But we also have one of the uh, 
uh, most wealthiest areas in the entire nation. Mm-hmm. And, and so we, we, when you look at it, the two really don't add up. Well, we believe that because we are here, we have this tremendous opportunity for the, uh, the, the church. Christ-centered relationships, we believe, is what will, I'm not going to say solve the homeless problems, but it will definitely uh, begin to stem the erosion of people's lives into homelessness. If the body of Christ, and that's what we're working toward, helping the body of Christ to uh, see people differently in those situations. And so that's why we're working hard with what we do. We believe that that one of the things that I think is critical is we need to remove the stigma uh, that exists. You know, we see people in their situations, and, man, we we try to talk about, why don't you just get a job, or why don't you pull yourself up by your bootstraps, and, you know, these kinds of things, or we need to build more affordable housing. and I mean, all those things are good, but the root cause is how we treat people, you know, our relationships. And I don't know if you're familiar with the ACE study, Adverse Childhood Experiences, things that happen to, to children before the age of 18 and how it affects them throughout their entire life. But uh, a lot of those factors come into play. And so we do some training with churches. Uh, well, that's one of the things that we do. We do some trainings with churches. We have uh, we, we have this homelessness one-on-one training. And, and what that is is, is really helping people to uh, begin to understand why people are out there on the streets and some of the things that, that we can do as a, as a body of Christ to uh, help them. So we, uh, we do um, uh, an overview and a path to restoration. That's what our homelessness 101 is, help people to see that the problem as it is. And it's not really as, well, it's not impossible to deal with, something like that. And then the fundamentals of recovery. You know, how how do we deal with people with uh, broken relationships? You know, how do we establish uh, relationships? How do we get over the barriers that exist? And then um, uh, we address trauma. Because a lot of people are in trauma. You know, sin is traumatizing in and of itself. And then people who are on the street, they have tremendous trauma. We deal with this issue of uh, addiction. You know, how do we address addiction? And then mental health, which is uh, a key one. Uh, and so hopefully that answers some of your your question. I mean, is it – so a lot of – I hear this a lot. I mean, I'm, I'm certainly we've had many uh, politicians, city council members, and – King County council members and governors on the program here. And many will say, not all, but many, that it's it's just simply a money issue. We just need more money, more funding, more resources, and then we can take care of it. But it doesn't sound like that's what you're saying. No. <laughs> no. Uh, you know, it's 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 about relationships. <laughs> yeah. It's about relationships. Well, we, we've proven, like you said, that's, that's $2 billion a year, and it's getting worse. So it's not the money. Yeah. It, you know, uh, it's, it's relationships. It's helping people, helping us see people differently mm-hmm. and build relationships with them. And then we can begin to uh, uh, solve some of the challenges and stuff that we face. And, it's, you know, people, people who are out there on the streets, they want to be seen. They, they want honor. They want dignity. Or, you know, I mean, am I a person? 
to you? Can you see me? Can you hear me? Do I matter? And, and, and that's really what it's about. People are important to God. They should be important to us. Yeah. Is that the, Ravon, is that the heart of what this new project, this project Cornerstone is about? You guys are launching a a new project. Is is that the heart of that? Uh, yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's an extension of the direction that we've been going in. We, we've become much more relationally focused over the past seven to eight years. And this is an extension of that. As as we continue to move in deeper into establishing relationships with people, and then working with churches, because once they graduate our program, you know, while while our programs are are tremendously successful, if they're not, if they don't move from a community of of blessed relationships that they have within the program into another community of healthy relationships, uh, it, it makes it incredible, dif- incredibly difficult for them to continue in the process of, of growth. And so that's why churches are critical to what it is we're, we're doing. And that's part of uh, my role is uh, motivating churches to move in that direction. So, But yeah, Project Cornerstone is a continuation uh, of what it is, the direction we've been moving in the last uh, several years. It is so important, as you mentioned, the the relational side. That that's the critical cornerstone to helping those in our community who are struggling with homelessness. And the church can get very involved with this. A lot of times, I, I hear folks say, "Man, I I just don't know what to do, how to do it. I want to get involved." Yeah. And I'm sure you hear that as well. Talk to us about your role and and how folks here in the community can can get involved. Yeah, we, uh, well, my, my role is uh, one of uh, working with churches to, uh, actually, one of the first thing we want to do is begin to remove the stigma, open their eyes to the reality that change is possible, you know, uh, with, with the people who are out there on the street with our neighbors and change the conversation. Uh, it, it is not those people, it is our neighbors and and if we uh, understand that, again, we treat people the way we see people. And so uh, my role is to uh, help the churches uh, begin to see that together as a body of Christ, we can begin to address uh, the issues from a standpoint, number one, relationship, number two, supporting individuals through a variety of different means. What can people do to help? Well, you can either join us at Union Gospel Mission, which we would love everybody to join us and help us in the process. And there are a number of different ways you can do that, especially by going to uh, our website, UGM.org. You can begin to set up a homeless ministry within your own church, and we can actually help people do that, help churches do that. And they begin, can begin to address, we have a training that does that, and they begin to address uh, some of the, the, the situations within their own neighborhood. But we, uh, we see people 365 days a year, three times a day. So we can definitely utilize some, some help there. We do uh, counseling. We can utilize some help with people to counsel. Churches can get involved from that perspective. And volunteer. We we need people to help go out and 
volunteer in the uh, in the community through our search and rescue, through a number of different activities that we we do with uh, people, dental clinics, uh, legal clinics. Uh, uh, we get Bible studies, um, a number of different things that uh, our churches can get involved in. And so our, my job is to really stimulate the churches to take a different look and a different approach to this. The most critical aspect, and uh, we, we believe this, the most critical thing a church can do and people can do is pray. Ask God what it is he would have them to do in relation to helping people, helping our homeless neighbors. Prayer is the most critical thing. Pray for us at Union Gospel Mission. Pray for the people who are living out there on the street. Pray for those who are trying to reach them. And also pray to ask God what, if anything, he would have the individual or their church to do in relation to addressing uh, the needs that are so critical in our society. Mm. You mentioned the search and rescue earlier as well. What I know that's... Um... I mean that's on the on the front lines, really getting out there. Can you can you walk us through? And I know there's opportunities for for folks mm-hmm. to get involved with search and rescue. What, what does that look like? Well, it, it uh, uh, you know a group will go out and uh, they go out into one of the homeless encampments uh, and and they just pull up with the van, open the back of the van, and uh, you know just shout out, hey, we're, we're here. You need anything? Here's some water. Here's if it's cold, here's a blanket. Here's some socks if you need socks, or, you know, sandwiches or food, whatever kind of food we may have to, to give to them. And, and just uh, shake their hand, call them by name. How you doing, Bill? You know, how you doing, Sally? Uh, how's things been going? Talk to them and then encourage them. You know, you ready to come in off the street? You ready to go into some shelter? You know, how things been going? And, and that kind of thing. That's really what it is, going into the encampments and uh, providing basic services to people who are out there, meaning, you know, one of the things that uh, you mentioned, Jeff Lilly, one of the things that he said uh, when when he was criticized for uh, the mission, going out and providing blankets and things of this nature, is is he, he they talked about it and said, well, aren't you just uh, – helping them stay in that situation. And he said, well, you know, you, you, you can't help somebody who's dead. Mm. So, so <laughs> the first thing that we want to do is help them in that survival state that they are in so that they can start to think about the possibility of getting off the street because they're living in the moment. Mm. And, and, and we want them to begin to think that, hey, somebody cares about you. Let's move in a direction of getting you some help, getting off the street. And so when when they see that, the the guard starts to come down a little bit because they're out there on the street. They're doing everything they can to survive. They're doing everything they can to protect themselves because they've been so browbeaten. And, uh, you know, they're they're in that situation where, you know, they're afraid. And, uh, man, this this is the only thing they know I do. You know, the human nature comes in a survival. You know, I got to survive. And that's what happens to them. So we want them to know that we can help them mm. together, you know. And so we, we want the churches to join us in this. We believe the love of Christ can accomplish miraculous things. I mean, we talk about it from the pulpit. Let's put it into action with uh, our homeless neighbors. 
And we believe we can begin to see an, an uh, enormous erosion into the continual uh, flow of people falling into homelessness. And with all of these other services that are out there, you know, mental, serve, mental health, uh, counseling services, homes, uh, job training, et cetera, et cetera, job placement. But with the uh, major component being prayer and Christ-centered community, you can begin to see dramatic change in the lives of people. And only the power of Christ can do that through his church. He works through his church. You know, there's a there's a word I like to use that that uh, uh, I, I think sums it all up, and that is plenipotentiary. The body of Christ is the plenipotentiary on earth of God, meaning we've been endued with power and authority to carry out His instructions on earth. Hmm. We are His plenipotentiary. Wow. Anyway, I, don't ask me to spell that, Ravon. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking to Ravon Johnson from Seattle's Union Gospel Mission. And in the last few minutes we have together, Ravon, you, we didn't really dive. I wanted to dive a little more into this project, Project Cornerstone. We didn't really uh, get into that too much here. But in the year of the 90th anniversary of UGM, you're launching Project Cornerstone. It's a 10-year plan to increase the reach of the programs. Tell us a little more about Project Cornerstone. Okay. Well, you know, we are, uh, I don't know how much I can, I'm, I'm allowed to go into that. <laughs> oh, is this uh, pat- patented information? <laughs> yeah, well, a lot, a lot of it is definitely not yet released, but uh, uh, w- w- probably the main thing that is right at the forefront of what we're doing is we've, we've changed the uh, our, our, our mission when, when people come in for overnight stay that has changed to to what what we call uh, our emergency shelter has now changed to um, where we want people to come in for a, a number of different they get an opportunity to come in for a number of different days so it's, it's not just one night stay as it used to be we call it emergency shelter it's not just one night where where they used to come in we're saying you can come in you can stay up to three months six months and uh, you literally have a bunk that's assigned to you and there's also a um, a locker that they would have that they can put some of their stuff in and so it, it gives the people an opportunity to to have a place where they can rest their head off the street and eventually the goal is they can see people treating them with the love of christ and they can eventually get off the street or the hope is that they will make the decision to get into the program these are people who are not necessarily in the program but they are saying look we just normally where they would come in just get a a one night uh, stay in our emergency shelter now they can stay for uh three to six months actually within the uh and have a bunk and stuff that's assigned to them, which is a major step mm-hmm. in the right direction. Yeah. And so and so now now they, they can come in, they can just, uh, okay, this is my place. And they can put their stuff in there, and then they can go around during the day. And, and when we begin to show the love of Christ the way we do it this way, 
we believe that people will start to look at it from a different perspective. Those who are homeless, our homeless neighbors, will start to look at it from a different perspective. That gives them an opportunity now to start saying, wow, okay, well, I can uh, perhaps I can go and, and, and get some services and stuff added to me. And then I see what's happening. I see my life starting to change. Uh, well, maybe I'll get into this program. Hmm. And, and they get into the program and things begin to change. And so that's what we're trying to do with the whole, whole idea of Project Cornerstone is moving in that direction. We want to get some some uh, some some more facilities available, more resources that are available to people, so that uh, we can get many more of them off off the streets. Yeah, it's interesting because there has been a, a huge movement, you know, here in Seattle and of course along the West Coast of these tiny villages and 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 mm-hmm. moving towards that and giving. You know, moving away from it, the kind of the overnight um, approach where, you know, someone comes in, they sleep overnight, then they're kind of back on the streets. And is that yeah. a little bit of the direction you're going that you'd move away from kind of that overnight shelter approach? Uh, yes. We're not building tiny homes. Yeah. In uh, our, our shelter complexes. And they have the services right there available to them 24-7. See, So it's, it's not a tiny home where they go away and they're, they're in a home. Uh, and then there's certain times of the day that they can they can get a certain times of the week where they can have services. No, we're right there just like in our emergency shelter. Our emergency shelters have turned into these uh, uh, extended stay uh, uh, services for them. And so the services are available to them 24-7. Mm. So they got counselors, they got uh, um, medical, dental, all of these things. They're available to them. And then there's the, the, the constant something of Christ-likeness. Not a, I, I, I want to say this in, in, in a way, it's not Bible thumping, but it's a Bible walking, mm. if, if that uh, mm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know and so they see that, and then they said, hey, the love of God is so evident. Man, come on into the program. Mm. Wow. Incredible. Incredible work. Ravon, I mean, the, uh, I mean, how, how many folks are you serving, I mean, each year? I mean, it, it's just it, the, the, the breadth of, uh, of the work is, is absolutely incredible. And I, think, I don't think a lot of folks understand how, how deep this work is. Yeah. It is, it is not an easy work, uh, but it is a fulfilling work. Mm. You know, life itself is not easy, right? So as, as you go through life, the greatest joy you get, we believe, and I believe, the greatest joy you get is when you can see the efforts that you're making to shine the light of Christ into the life of another person who's living in a dark space and see that light in them begin to turn on and start to shine. Man, that is such fulfilling work because it is the life of Christ that begins to work through you. In, in, at Union Gospel Mission, we're able to see that consistently. And we've done it, we've seen it for, you know, like you said, 90 years. And it's consistent. Our, our program, the faith-based community-centric program and the approach that we have is it, it works, man. It works when you when you have seeing how how people love them and care for them and 
And the only thing that we ask for them is that they be open and honest and allow God to just love them. That's really what it is. Man, just let God love you. And, and you start to see the stuff that has kept them so bound up started to peel away. It is the life of Christ that does the work. Mm-hmm. And so that's all we're asking. We're not asking. It's, it's a volunteer. They don't have to stay there. Yeah. But when they get into that, that environment and, man, they, they see how people care for them, how people love them, and they see that they are value, and they see that they have something to contribute to society, man, it, it, they, they start to change. Yeah. And as they start to change, they recognize that they're here for a reason, that there's a purpose. And, and a lot of the people that we have now working for the mission have come through the mission program. Yeah. And they're giving back. And then we have the churches that are involved. This is what's so exciting. And when you talk about Project Cornerstone, this is what's so exciting. Churches, we need to get involved so that as we move toward increasing our capacity to do more and more faith-based recovery, when the people come out, when our neighbors come out of these programs, they need to be engaged with a church. We need to have churches that will wrap around them, wrap their arms around them, love them so that they can continue to flourish in their recovery. And uh, so that's that's one of the reasons it's so uh, critical for uh, us to get churches to, to, to work with us or in that vein. When you talk about numbers, because you mentioned with the numbers, you know, uh, we're not uh, sure, but there are last numbers, last report that they did, there were about 12,000 people, and that was in February of, of uh, January of 2020, the count, all night count that they did. And and there were about they said there were about twelve thousand people that they counted. Well, that was before the pandemic. Our search and rescue people and people who are out there going out and looking at the encampments, there's they're they're projecting that they're upwards of about thirty thousand people mm. that are now homeless. Wow. So we at the mission cannot do it all ourselves. This is why we're really working to stir up the body of Christ to address this issue. We can do maybe 500 people a year, mm. well, a little more than that as far as we meet, but I'm talking about in our program, actually in our program. And and that's, man, that's, that's a drop in the bucket. You yeah, know? wow. But, but you know, we, we don't, we don't uh, uh, shy away from those numbers. I mean, we praise God for every one that we can get off the street because that one is going to be gone whole about helping another two or three more. And so, so we're trying to get as many as we can out the street, but we can we can multiply those numbers by having more churches engaged, especially if churches just go to our website, ugm.org, and and there's a, a plethora of things that uh, uh, they can see as far as uh, volunteer opportunities, ways they can serve, you know, how they can donate, a number of different things to uh, help with the work that we're doing. Incredible. Ravon Johnson of Seattle's Union Gospel Mission has been with us, sharing with us the incredible, inspiring work of Union Gospel Mission here in the Puget Sound region. If you want to get involved or find out more, he said the website is UGM.org. And Ravon, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us today and grateful for you. We're grateful for your work. Thank you so much for what you're doing. My pleasure, man. Thank you, Tim. 